I'm Paul Lancor with PodTech.net, and I have with me on the line right now Chris Estes. He's a managing director with Bearing Point. Hello, Chris. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Also joining us, Eileen Perrin. Eileen is a manager with Bearing Point. Eileen, hello. Hey, happy to be here. So, Eileen, UDAP, the Unfair and Deceptive Acts or Practices Regulation, is undergoing some changes right now. I'm wondering what should financial institutions be concerned about regarding that? Yes, UDAP is actually an affectionate name for Section 5A of the Federal Trade Commission Act. There were changes that were passed this summer in May of 2008 by the major banking regulators. This regulatory changes affects both overdraft processing and credit card activities. Institutions are very concerned because not only is compliance going to be an issue in terms of the breadth of the changes that are going to be required, but this set of UDAP regulations are going to have a significant impact on the profitability of the financial institutions. So, Chris, what specifically are some of the impacts it will have in the industry? Well, there's really two key areas. The regulation is addressing overdraft processing, which is where the banks make their fee income when someone bounces a check. And right now, on average in the U.S., that's about $17 billion a year that banks make in overdraft fees. We're estimating, based on a proprietary model we've built, that about 30% of that revenue will be at risk because of the way regulation is currently stated. In addition, the credit card accounts will be impacted, and roughly there's 900 million credit cards issued in the U.S., and we're estimating about $150 per account will be the impact on fees for banks and credit card issuers. So as you can see, these are some very large numbers that represent major income streams for financial institutions. So they're very concerned about this. Yeah, Chris, and this is Eileen. Just to add one thing on the credit card component, and that is the fact that that part of the regulation actually is seven individual regulations. Each regulation will not affect every institution in the same way. So it's very important that the financial institutions look at their particular practices and what the regulations say to determine what the specific impact on their operation will be. Yeah, and while each instance may be a little bit different, the numbers that Chris cites are pretty staggering. Eileen, I wonder what other kind of challenges other than these particular costs do the regulations present? Well, the communication challenge is going to be significant with the customers. When you look at the overdraft processing regulatory changes, this doesn't relate to normal overdraft processing like when, say, I have formal overdraft protection on my checking account where I may draw, say, against funds I have within my savings account. This relates to discretionary overdraft processing, in which case the bank has the option but not the requirement to cover any particular overdraft item just because they know you as a customer and they feel like you're good to cover that. So it's going to be very difficult to say to the customer that they have the option to opt out of something that the organization isn't necessarily contractually obligated to pay in the first place. The customer may say, okay, now I've opted out, then I'll never pay any fees in the future. However, by opting out, actually the bank will not pay the items on your behalf. And if you don't have funds in your account, they will actually return that to the merchant. The bank may assess a fee, and the merchant is likely to assess a fee. So very likely that there will be a lot of swirl around this one, particularly the overdraft component, and a lot of confusion from the customer perspective as well. So, Chris, while there's... I'm sure some overlap here. Which should financial institutions be more concerned about, 
the revenue impact of this or the compliance challenge that they face? Well, that's a fair question. The honest answer is both. Typically, the banks are fairly well-versed in dealing with compliance issues and have teams of folks set up around the company to make sure the bank stays compliant with regulations. So I think they'll address that somewhat, and they seem to be on top of it. I think the bigger C-level issue is the lost revenue or the lost income for the organization. And given the current economic conditions in the U.S., the banks are going to feel a lot of pain associated with this revenue stream. And trying to find new ways to make new money is going to be a real issue that I think many C-level executives are going to be focused on. Well, I want to ask you about that in just a minute, Chris, but first let me check in with Eileen about the regulatory compliance. How broad is the compliance effort here? The reality is it's very broad. The regulatory changes will not just affect one functional area. It's going to affect a number of functional areas and processes within the organization, anything from product design to customer setup, application processes, payment processing, customer statements and notices. And, of course, as we talked about earlier about the potential customer confusion, customer service needs to be very prepared to take the calls and answer the questions from the customer. Bearing Point has put together an assessment tool, which is on our website, that allows clients to get a high-level view of the breadth of the impacts that will be affecting them and their organization personally. This tool has about 10 to 12 questions, and based on answering those questions, which pinpoint the specific regulations that have an impact, they'll receive back a kind of a color-coded map of the various areas in which there are impacts. All right, let's look at the compliance effort, but Chris, what about revenue replacement? Well, there's really no easy answer here. At the end of the day, the banks are likely going to have to change the way they do business with customers and how they assign fees to their products. And this will be a significant task and will require a lot of forward thinking about really where do banks want to be 10 years from now, five years from now. They have so many forces impacting them around revenue, not just this regulatory issue, but Payments in general are transforming to new products. They have new competitors in the payment space. The financial mortgage products, uh, as we all know in the industry, are struggling. So the banks are really going to have a tough road here to find new ways to make new money without changing their business model. So we think the business model is going to need to be reviewed and, and transformation in the way they sell and service customers. So what's the status of the current proposed regulation right now? Well, the current regulation is out for review, and the Fed is expected to rule on it in December. And given the current landscape and the public interest in controlling and managing financial institutions better, we anticipate this regulation will pass in some way. Some of the changes may occur to it, but we'll wait till December to know for sure. And then we're estimating the banks will have about 12 months, maybe 18, to become compliant. Eileen, given that, as Chris said, this regulation still has not been passed formally, what should financial institutions be doing now to prepare in spite of that? Obviously, one very important thing is that they need to be prepared for what comes down when the regulation does pass in 2009. If they are going to be required to have significant process and system changes, they need to be considering that within their technology budgets and their process change budgets within 2009 and considering and set aside the appropriate funds. And, of course, from the perspective of revenue enhancement activities, even if the regulation doesn't change, those are activities that can be reused and repurposed for 
revenue growth within the organization. So there's no reason to wait until the regulation passes in order to pursue those things. One more thing that I wanted to talk about before we close, and that's customer education and empowerment. Of course, we talked previously about potential customer confusion, and many institutions have pretty good programs already educating customers on how to avoid the fees and how to change their behavior in order to make it such that these fees or these interest rate changes aren't a problem for them. The thing that institutions that are not quite focused on right now is customer empowerment. How can they change their processes, particularly at the point of sale, the point of transaction, how payments are processed, so the customer has control of that process and can control whether a fee is, in fact, incurred. And with the wide use of online channels, mobile payments, the ability to monitor and check your balances via text and online, customers are becoming much more savvy and financial institutions need to be thinking about how to leverage those activities in order to lessen the bite and actually make a much more positive experience for the customer. Well, Chris and Eileen, I want to thank you both very much for taking time out today and talking to us about the changes taking place in UDAP regulations. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Chris Estes is a managing director. Eileen Perrin is a manager in the financial services practice at Bearing Point. 